this is Jennifer Zeman, your host of the Food That Binds on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. Today, I'm joined by Jian Li and Cody Taylor, the chefs and owners of Heirloom Market Barbecue in Atlanta, Georgia. Our interview went super long, so I'm going to break this into two parts. This is part one and part two will drop next Wednesday. Hope you enjoy. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you for having us. So can you both introduce yourselves to listeners who may not know who you are? Hello, my name is Jian Lee. I'm a chef and part owner Heirloom Market Barbecue in Atlanta, originally from South Korea. Yeah, I'm Cody Taylor. I'm the uh, co-chef and owner at Heirloom Market Barbecue in Atlanta, Georgia. So one of the things I always ask my guests is for them to kind of close their eyes and remember or try to remember their first image of food, like that first thing that you connected to. Like for me, it was like these like really shiny rolls. I just, my first food memory and black beans. For, to me, for me, go ahead, baby. <laughs> you go ahead, babe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nobody not cute, not that cute though. <laughs> For me, always my food memory with the food is associated with my grandmother. So, sujebi. Sujebi is a handful noodle soup. My grandmother cooked a lot for me when, when I grew up. It's a Korean traditional soup, homemade soup. Like a very similar, like a chicken and dumpling soup. For me, I think it was probably, we moved away from my my main family in Texas when I was really young. So it was, a lot of it was the travel back around the holidays to see all the cousins on my grandparents kind of retirement branch. So you're out in the middle of nowhere, really cooking, you know, with the mom and the, the grandmother and the aunts and all there's tons of women in my family and they all gather. And I was like the kitchen helper. So that was always like whatever holiday we were doing, that was kind of, that was my earliest memory. I started doing when I was real little. And that was always what, fun. What item of food? What is your first image? It was making like my grandmother made like a brittle. You know, it was a very simple sugar kind of caramel. And you topped it with like melted. It tasted like a Heath bar, but it mm-hmm. would break your teeth. Um, <laughs> so it was always the candy she made. It could have been the peppermint, you know, but it's really like the, the peppermint cookie and the little hard candy she made around Christmas. The no wonder you always eat candy. <laughs> Not always. No, he eats candy. <laughs> Not all the time. Is there someone in your life that really just like got you interested in food? Like you liked food, mm-hmm. but they like showed you how to cook it or they showed you what it was like to shop for it, like for real, or they took you to restaurants and introduced you to things. So it's the same thing like Cody is experienced with the food. It's with my grandmother and my mom, I was always a help, the helping them. So that's how I into the uh, Korean cooking a lot when I was a child. Because in Korean culture, normally they, uh, the boys not allowed to working, helping in the kitchen. They always push the boys, oh, you go study and then bring the daughter in. <laughs> and Oh, you help me. That's our culture. Not not the modern days, but so I spent a lot of time uh, helping my mom and uh, grandmother. So that's how I uh, into Korean food very deeply. 
and become a become a chef i had a two restaurant experience before i even into the chef job i purchased a restaurant long time ago when i moved into in moved into us and i had zero experience i only know how to cooking uh korean food and for the first time i i experienced sudden cooking actually which is uh my favorite and so it was like a office cafeteria you have a sandwich burger but mainly like hot food with sudden you know like a meat and three uh style of cooking and i loved it that's how i uh first time introduced real american especially southern cuisine and also later on when i decided to go to culinary school and i learned french cooking and then later i met cody and cody introduced me uh american barbecue so he 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 uh took me so many places uh different states and i fell in love with the barbecue <laughs> did you guys meet when you were living in korea no so you were living in korea you grew up in korea and then you moved here when when i moved i was 28 it was a 2009 i permanently moved to before i you know back back and forth just for for my related with my uh, previous career but permanently moved 2009 and many people might not know but i always have to mention this that you were in, Hong <laughs> Kong, <laughs> in South korea um, I'm in an ancient. Life. <laughs> yeah but i mean like you're a big deal you sing at the olympics right i mean you the one you of the olympic shows i had a four albums uh very successful and i was very young um i started my first album came out when i was 18 i was in high school and it was busy it was amazing but i hated to uh it was very hard you know you see a lot of uh young entertainers having issue with a lot of problems because you know i was saying i wasn't mature enough and dealing with a dirt life i mean a dirt system life and whatever are you call um it was very difficult for me to deal with stuff stuff something that uh behind scene i love uh singing i love on the stage recording new songs learning things but it was a lot of pressure so i quit and i had a very depression for a long time very long time and always but i was always looking for something but i didn't know what i wanted you know i'm still sometimes like what i what i really you know wanted i'm still confusing sometimes but back then can you imagine you know and it was a rapid but, ascension right it was like very yeah it was really really like i was like overnight cinderella from poor uh poor girl to overnight cinderella so for that years i was still in school and doing so many shows tv shows radio shows concert what 
sometimes the show from overseas and you know it was it was a really really busy life and i wasn't healthy because lack of sleep lack of um eating and pressure um i was very unhealthy uh that's what i remember back time back then you know i was a very unhealthy little girl but so i quit same time, you know, when I quit and I missed that so much, I missed those times too or so. Um, something it deep in my uh, heart, there's a missing, there's something empty. I think, and I find, I find out what was it because that my artistic side was just buried underneath. I was told once by like some like healer that if you're not creating and you're a creative person, it can like mm-hmm. really contribute to mental illness. Right, right. So it was hard because I pretty much, I, I like run away from the situation that I thought is um, like really deep, dark hole. And I put myself out. Nobody actually, you know, I didn't have any, I mean, back then, like, maybe I could have, you know, like, take some counselor or something. But back then, I was just, I was so sick. And I decided, like, I'm quit. You know, I quit. I can't do this anymore. And just basically ran away from the, from the situation. So there's, you know, some regrets. And also, same time, like, relief. So it was always, like, struggling about with my passion and I didn't have any uh, any outlet for that buried passion so but luckily I was into like financial crisis <laughs> actually luckily I, I want to say I want to say it's a, it was a, a luck it was a bad but it was a luck because I filed a bankrupt and I gotta start over and I need to find out what I need to do living for the rest of my life and I was deeply thinking and thinking what I like to do and I decided okay cooking I can cook and I love to cook and I make and get a job with cooking so that's why I into the culinary school and and this was in Korea the French culinary no in America in America I went to Le Cordon Bleu Atlanta no, I went to Le Cordon Bleu in San Francisco, in the <laughs> oh, Academy. Wow. <laughs> um, but so that's why you came in 2009 to attend the program? No, actually, I came with America with my ex-husband. It was uh, 1999. 1999. Did I say 2009 earlier? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> Sorry. The pandemic. I'm old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't Man, be, don't be. so 1999, it was 1999, I moved to America and I had a, two restaurants without any experience. And wow. it was that, uh, the cafeteria experience and bucket. And the second one is I opened um, a sushi restaurant called Zuma. They still are operating oh, yeah. in Virginia Highland. Was, I opened the restaurant. No, I didn't know that. And then I sold it. And then, but. You know, with that experience, I was very fascinating uh, watching the chefs cooking, like 
oh, this is really awesome. And I want to learn, but they didn't really show me, show me the skills, you know, that <laughs> there's a secret always. But anyway, just a few years later, I ended up divorced and uh, also bankrupt. And then, you know, that's, that was the, uh, the turning point in my life, changing, live by myself with a new career. It was very hard time, but, um, I, I'm, I'm still thinking I'm very grateful for that time. Get out of something, uh, something, you know, I was stuck in something very deep and dark and I was out of it. Um, I was poor, but happy. <laughs> I was happy, happy for a new start and graduate culinary school and, you know, $10 per hour, I was started. And but I was happy. I really found it from day one at the culinary school. This is it, you know. As I I I knew this is it because I could express myself, my creativity. Also, I was enjoying uh, working with other people. I didn't know I was always kind of loner, but I enjoyed it working with uh, coworkers because we have pretty much the same passion, same lots of in common, and also. The music industry and the food industry, the people are very similar. They're crazy. Uh, they're passionate and we're crazy. And also, and also a lot of them are very quiet too, introverted people, which is me. I'm very introverted, um, but creative. So there's a, definitely the culinary was the outlet for me. And how about you, Cody? When did you know that food was going to be a thing for you? When did it, you know, I mean, let's kind of rewind to you and, and just kind of talk about your journey from being a helper to, you know, you and Gian meeting. Like, what did that look like? How did <laughs> you, you know, get into the industry? Uh, yeah, I uh, started working in a gas station in Knoxville, Tennessee when I was 15. Is that where you grew Making up in Tennessee? Yeah, I grew up in Knoxville. You know, I was born in Texas, and my my heritage and my family is very old school, East Texas kind of kind of crew. So I lived in Knoxville, you know, mid eighties to mid nineties before I moved to to Georgia to Atlanta and finished high school. But when I was fifteen, you know, I was a pretty good baseball player, and a lot of the athletes were washing cars at the car wash at the gas station. But I always being the helper and and the passion for food, I was like, I'm gonna go work with my friends. I just don't want to wash cars. So I went and made cinnamon rolls. And it was just one of those cinnamon rolls and ice cream places. And <laughs> it's on Kingston Pike, which is like Peachtree Street for Knoxville. So, you know, I thought I was a cool kid. And everybody, when they went out on the weekends, they would all come by and try to get free ice cream from me. You know, so that was, <laughs> it was kind of like a gathering. <laughs> so it, it was like, like you had the <laughs> it was before pagers and cell phones. So everybody would come through this gas station. So I was like the cool kid that told everybody where everybody was going. So it was kind of like the same thing with the congregation as children with, with grandparents and everything else. It was like my friends would come through and I saw everybody was happy, you know, and it was kind of, you know, I kind of associated with that. And then when I moved to, to Georgia, I really met my, I started working at at an Outback Steakhouse busting tables before I even went to school. I moved during the middle of my junior year. And the guy that trained me turned out to be one of my best friends to this day. And 
So I always, I mean, I've been in restaurants. I've never had a job outside of a restaurant. And it was always like, you know, you can meet people very easy. You could, you could party very easy underage. <laughs> you could do, <laughs> you know, I lived a lot of the, a lot of the typical early, you know, teenage 20s chef life. And then, you know, I went to school for something else to play baseball and to do stuff. And after a couple of years of that, I was, I was still working at restaurants, even like literally I'd be working in dirty baseball socks in many restaurants because I would go from baseball practice to restaurants. It was one of the few jobs where you could work late at night and, and so forth, you know, and then around, around 2000, I decided to go to culinary school and I went from basically cooking and waiting tables and doing stuff like at Lake Lanier from that atmosphere to the Ritz Carlton Buckhead with these Michelin trained French chefs that, uh, you know, they're all from Ducasse. And, you know, one of my bosses went to Japan and got three stars Michelin after he left the Ritz and the cheese orders were Who is that? You, Wait, I know. Uh, Bruno Menard, Bruno yes. Menard. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So you went to, to also to the Laporte on Blue here or to a different? I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta. And before I graduated school, I had, you know, I had six years experience. I'm not saying anything that's mind blowing, but I went to the Ritz Carlton uh, bucket because it was a, it was the places of the places, as you probably it know, totally in, yeah. in Atlanta for, you know, a lot of startup chefs to this day, you still see the influence in our, in our city. Gunter Seeger, I mean, everyone. Yeah. Joel was, Joel was leaving when I was there and Bruno came in and then just even the names you don't know, they brought in so many of the French chefs, uh, Christophe Lamadier, who, you know, all the, half these guys worked at Ducasse in Monaco, Denmark, you know, their resumes, I could barely even read them. It was pretty, pretty high end stuff. I mean, like I said, I came from making Cuban sandwiches at, at Lanier Harbor Marina to uh, quarter million dollar cheese orders. You know, it was pretty insane. So I would say that that transition, while I was still in culinary school and kind of thought I knew something, I quickly learned that the expanse of our industry was so huge that I didn't know anything. And there was a lot of people that mentored me, I would say at that, that property, because we had so many, so many talented, you know, we had the pastry chef that won the world championship twice, you know, it's, so you go down there and they're carving chocolate with chainsaws and, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. I would go to culinary school in the morning and I'd be like, okay, what I'm seeing, you know, you see the beginning and see the end, you know, it was really too. To, like people are learning how to make Caesar dressing and this guy's practicing literally for the world championship, which he won twice in the other room. And you were just like doing whatever at the Ritz? Like what was no, your... I was, I was, I was a cook three. So I started off, that's eight fifty an hour. The Ritz was very much set up with the old French brigade system, right? Oh yes, very much. Traditional positions with Saucier and all that stuff because it was very French. I was very French. Yeah. The executive chef. And then I'm um, pretty much anybody that wore the tall hat with a kind of the shape, toque. like a triangle, like a toe. Yeah. The toe, we all had to wear them and I'm really tall. So it was hard for me to work in the kitchen with it on. <laughs> um, Cause I hit my head. I, can't imagine. I, hit, I hit my head on the hood, <laughs> you know, the ventilation cool. system above your head. Yes. I had to cook with my head sideways. I'm like, guys, can, can I wear one of those skull caps? They're like, no, everybody has to wear the tall hat. And all the French chefs, you know, they're five, five, nine, five, you know what I mean? And so that was always fun. And it's supposed to be crisp. So if there's a dent, that's not good. You're going to get oh, yeah. carrots for that one, you know? 
But so, I mean, when did you guys kind of join forces? Like, how did you meet? Now you're both in Atlanta. You know, you've, you're both going to culinary school, which is interesting, the timing, because that I feel like that period, I was living in San Francisco at that time. And I feel like that was like when Lord Cordon Bleu, all the schools were really peaking, remember? And then Bourdain was like really happening. And the Food Network was a thing. And celebrity mm -hmm. chefs were really starting to grow. So you guys were really... I mean, I feel like that was a really formative time for where we are right now as a culinary industry. I don't know. Maybe not. It, yeah. Um, Kitchen Confidential came out whenever I was in school and it was kind of all the rage. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going online and just printing out Food Network recipes just to learn when I decided to go to school. I had, you know, one of those big three ring binders. My dad just yelled at me because I blew out all, all his ink cartridges, you know, and it was kind of that, that cusp. Like you said, it wasn't that cool to go into that, that field. When I started, I kind of fell into it, never got out, but, um, yeah, it definitely was a very transitional time. Like now you get all so much more variety of backgrounds going into to cooking. Uh, whereas people are, instead of going to Stanford, they're going to, they were started going to cooking school and stuff like that. We'll be back after a quick break with the rest of my interview with Cody and Jian. Well, I think that was the era of it was the tipping point from where it became a strictly hospitality industry to it being cool because it wasn't cool to be a chef like you're no before yeah. them you know it wasn't and then all of a sudden it was like Bourdain painted this image he's the reason I went to culinary school I, I went to Emory for business you know I went and left I, I left a business job in San Francisco and went to culinary school and like Bourdain like I mean I still remember him like talking about seeing like the chef like having sex with some girl over like a like, <laughs> trash can in the back. Uh, I remember that part of the book. She just got married. She, she just got married and, and that the chef was having sex with a wife next to the yes. dumpster. Yeah. Yes. Or it was a bachelorette party or something like that. Something like that. Like rock stars. And I wasn't like, I was a good cook. So I was like, this is how I can be a rock star. That's not how it turned out. But, <laughs> but anyway, but so when did you guys, so you're both in culinary school in Atlanta. How do you guys meet? So I wasn't, so like a three men, three months after I, I started uh, culinary school and I noticed that like, I am so old already competing with, cause I was already, I was 37 and all my, uh, classmates were like 19 20 and i felt i was almost like traumatized like oh my god <laughs> if i even you know after graduate i'm not sure i can even get a job because i'm so old so i was like desperate to learn more so i did a lot of volunteers it's try to try to learn as much as i can so i decided like okay i need to get a at least part-time job. So I learned something. And of course I needed money too. So I, I met chef Joe Truk and uh, chef Miyoko overnight repast. And I met them at a star chef event. I was volunteer for, for people who don't know what star chef. Cody, you probably explain better. Star, yeah. Star chefs is kind of, I guess like a little, a, a group that they will go around the country and pick out up and coming uh, chefs are kind of leading in the industry, I would say. 
they do a lot with the community too. Jim and I actually were nominated for a few years ago, but normally they, they look for people a little bit younger and doing kind of creative and, you know, they go city to city, maybe pick out a half dozen up and coming local chefs to kind of feature. So I was actually a volunteer for Chef Linton Hopkins, Eugene. But when I saw the couple, Chef Joe and Chef Miyoko, because I was, um, I really wanted to incorporate uh, French cuisine and Asian cuisine. And that's what they were doing at Repast. And I was looking at, oh my God, that's awesome. I want to learn. So I apply a job, actually. I asked uh, Chef Miyoko, at the event, like, can I have a phone number? Can I, I want to apply a job. So she gave me a phone number and set up the uh, appointment. So I, I set up an appointment with a uh, sous chef, Mike. And so I started and I got the job and I started and chef uh, and Cody was there. <laughs> That's how we met. <laughs> and Mike, Mike and I were, when I left the Ritz bucket, I was a saucier. And he was a sauce, the other, the main saucier. So he was the chef cuisine at Repast. And I had started a personal chef carrying business. And around that time, the economy kind of dropped. So I, I, I lost a lot of my Delta clients for whatever reasons. And then I would still do my, my business. But then I went to Repast as a sous chef because of Mike. And then that's, uh, GM came in as Garmage. What was that, 2008 or nine? No, it was a 2007. Seven, yeah. Ah, uh, 2000, let's see. I think late 2006. So was, I mean, so it's pretty cool. So you guys, it was a restaurant job that connected you. So I mean, just food. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously you guys are in business together and you work, have been working together, I assume, since. What is that like? I mean, like, does it connect you? Do you feel like food is the connection between you guys or is it something else? Food, definitely. Cody and I have no connection besides food. <laughs> Perfect. Great answer. <laughs> because, because Cody is athlete and I am artistic person. And we have totally different uh, hobby, totally different, uh, how do I say? Even like, I like to be alone. I like to be quiet. Cody liked the party, still partying. <laughs> um, so we're very different, very different. But the food is so that the that uh, connection is very. It's it really impact a lot because food is so important. Because we eat food every day, we can't live without food. So if somebody doesn't not interested in food, if my, my spouse not interested in food, then my life is very, I, I would feel very dry. You know, mm-hmm. when Cody and I, when we day off and we go check the places and find some, even, I mean, the, that's the best thing, actually. If we travel, we're not really planning for sightseeing. We always, Cody has a list of the restaurants. He's, he's good at it. And we check restaurants. I love it. You know, that's the, that's the, I think it's a really important uh, connect two of us. And also we teach, teach each other too. 
we learn each other from our different different culture, different heritage. We learn a lot too. It's actually uh, actually never bored. Just learn something, even culture wise too. Like, oh, you American think that way. I'm Korean. I'm very old fashioned. I'm I'm think this way. Like we have a very big difference. We have a di- age, a different. Um, we have a big age uh, difference too. So there's um, my time and Cody's time is different. Mm. Uh, the lifestyle was very different too. There's some common too. We have nine years different. But we're, bo- we're both born in the seventies. Still seventies. But my yeah, but my seventies in in Korea is after you know like Korean War, uh, Korea was destroyed and I was born, you know, like 13, 14, 14, 13 years after uh, Korean War. Let me see, let me, uh, 1950, 17 years after Korean War. So can you imagine like it's, we, Korea was, wasn't in good shape. So born in that culture and economy and that's the, what I experienced. Years seem bigger. Very, very, yeah. So we have a lot of lot of um, difference, but the food really connect us so much. Yeah, when we first started dating, I think this has a lot to do with our restaurant now too. Is when we first started dating, of course we were working together. Then when we started dating after we were working together, I was living in Duluth, and basically the front door was Norcross. And the back door was Duluth, which was Koreatown here in Atlanta. And I barely, I barely knew that much about Korean food, even though I could pretty much walk to, to the, the main spot on Pleasant Hill. And she started teaching me a lot more than, you know, bulgogi and Korean barbecue. And I learned that there's so much more out there than kimchi. And so when we first started dating, she would take me, like, it was really hard for me to go to Korean restaurants and know what to order or be able to communicate back then. So she opened up that whole world to me and probably my weakest cooking wise, I trained trained really hard to study technique and everything was actually Asian cuisine. I remember doing a buffet at the Ritz when I was running that for them for a little bit. I did it, they went an Asian day and it was like the worst day in my cooking career. I can remember, I did stupid <laughs> stuff. Talk about the worst Asian. Those buffets at their bits were legendary. Yeah. I, so I, I, I ran those for a little bit, but Asian Day, I, I, I still remember it like it was yesterday. Just cooking <laughs> And I got yelled at and they were like, Cody, we're surprised you cook so bad. I'm like, I never cooked Asian food before. <laughs> I'm like marinating scallops and soy. It was bad. It was real bad. Yeah. Just something I, I try to forget. <laughs> But, you know, I worked so much and had such little money in my 20s that I really didn't get to travel as much as I wanted to because I was always grinding it out. And meeting Gion, it kind of opened up a lot of travel. And because of her past pop star fame in Korea, we, before we opened up Ireland, we got to take a trip to Korea and travel around. It was really like a culinary trip is how I saw it, but we were doing a TV show. The show was basically about a a uh, famous Korean chef, American chef, and French chef, one of my French chefs from the Ritz. And a really show was about Jeon and the pop star world. But we got to travel around all Korea making gochujang. 
hanging up donjong with horsehair on houses and doing stuff that you don't get to see. You know, people just don't. And that was where we kind of started formulating a little bit of the idea for heirloom market, just because it it seemed like a lot of our culture so far away really kind of had some of the similar preservation methods and you know some of the some of the, the focus of utilizing ingredients and cooking and all that kind of stuff. So it was really eye-opening. I, I guess, you know, we talked earlier about mentors and stuff like that. Gion really opened up my palate and my knowledge of Asian cuisine and Korean cuisine. And I really didn't know much until I met her. And I think vice versa, I did that for her with Southern cuisine and, you know, Texas barbecue and stuff like that. I mean, what an amazing cram session going to Korea. And then I also have to imagine it maybe even bridged more gaps that you could see where she was coming from as well. Definitely. And, it was. And you guys got married before or after this? Was this, did you guys get married before or after? We've been wearing rings. I, I mean, we've always, we've been telling everybody we've been married. I don't, we don't have paperwork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we always, when we have this question, they always say, Oh, oh no, I'm with someone five years now and we're engaged and everyone keeps asking me when I go to the wedding and I'm like, I don't know, it's fine. Why am I going to change it? So I feel you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we when, tried... we start, when we start business together, we do. Okay, we're going to get married. Because I see him before I always like, and when he first time asked me out, I was like, oh my God. This little boy want me to ask out and I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, I wasn't like, I, I thought it was a joke. Like I never really even attracted to uh, the younger men in my life. And I was like, oh my God, he's so cute. But you no, know, you know, I'm not sure. There's, you know, there's a lot of stories be- behind, but we started business together. I wasn't really into the restaurant business at all. Because I had that two restaurant experience before without culinary experience. And I knew restaurants are so hard. So when I started culinary school, my goal wasn't to be a restaurant owner at all. I wanted to explore the world. So with the cooking. So I wanted to, uh, and, you know, and the, after we passed, after, after we passed, I worked for Eugene and then I went I work for St. Regis Hotel. And then I was, I thought, it's, oh, this is perfect because I want to explore the, uh, the whole world, stay with the hotel, hotel industry. I can apply a job of uh, different countries. And that was my goal. And I met Cody. Uh, I mean, we, we didn't start dating when we started working together. Mm. We, were, we were friends. And then kind of start dating, but wasn't really, you know, we both wasn't really sure we become a couple. And, but um, Cody really wanted to do his um, the own restaurant. And so I actually started as a partner with, and I was so, so poor. Um, my brother gave me $25,000. He said, sister, I know you divorced, you're bankrupt. I want to help you out, but this is only I can do. He gave me $25,000 and I didn't know what to do. $25,000, you know, for renovation bathroom is $25,000 this day, right? And back then it wasn't a big, big money either. 
and Cody wanted to do something, and I was I was still in the in the hotel, and I said, okay, can you start with this something, and I can actually uh, invest, and I believe in him. He's he's amazing. So we look for the location, something we can afford, and my friend who worked at the same region. Uh, same time, she was a pastry chef, and she was dating with the guy, and they want to open up the chicken wing place, and they look for the spot, and then they actually found the location where the heirloom now, or as a, a chicken wing place, but they broke up. So she, she, <laughs> and she told me, Jian, I know you're looking for the space, uh, but I found the space. Why don't you go check it? Check it out. Uh, it's very cheap. Uh, rent and actually everything is there because it's abandoned restaurant. It was a Mexican restaurant for years and then they out of the business, but they left everything behind and it's it was empty for like two years. So we found the location and we kind of calculate with the twenty five thousand dollar how we make it, this happen. Cody wanted to buy the two smokers. I said, oh, why don't you buy just one? Because, you know, I didn't really think. Right. We never, still, I feel like a dreaming. Like, we never, ever thought heirloom could be recognized this much and successful. We thought it's like, okay, you want the small restaurant? Maybe, maybe if, if it's success, maybe better than work for someone else. That kind of start. It was, we started like and that. And for so, people that don't know, Heirloom Market Barbecue is a very tiny little operation in like basically a, on the side of a convenience mart. No? Mm-hmm, is that yeah. what it is? Yes. That's, um, mm-hmm. And you guys have been through the ringer there. There's been a fire. You know, you've had yeah, like, tons twice. of issues with this location. <laughs> twice. Right. Twice. But you're still there. And you guys have this amazing connection with Atlanta. You know, I think your style of barbecue, the sides that, you know, you make and bring in the Korean influence. I mean, it's a very unique take. And can you talk about opening and the response? Because I do feel like, like your community is also so big, not only just of the industry people, but also your diners. Um, You have a big following. Yeah. I mean, when we opened, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, she says we had the equipment, but I mean, like we didn't have a, an oven that worked, you know, we had the smokers inside the kitchen, which made it really, really hot. It was pretty unbearable, but we opened for just on a shoestring. We had like three employees and I, and I do believe Jennifer, you came like the third day we were open. Did I? Oh my God. And you wrote, this is back in your, your, your blogging only days. Oh my God. And so, so it's a funny kind of come around. We didn't even have a cash register. We barely had a cash register, you know, and we were doing tax by with a, like a handheld calculator and stuff like that. Um, it was like five seats. I mean, it wasn't that many seats. How many seats? He, yeah, there was that one table. There was probably about 12 seats inside. And then people would stand up outside a little bit. And we had a table in the front. That was the line we, I, of the door. A line out the door and the the first line we ever got was because of you. Um, Blissful got still talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember these things in my old. (laughs) Yeah. It was because we were, you know, we've always, since we opened, we always kind of, we always cooked 
you know, fresh every day and all that kind of concept. But it was the day after your blog came out, we had a line that almost, it went way out. It was the first line we ever had. It went way out the door, probably about 50 people deep. Wow. Right when we opened and we ran out of food at 1.30. The third day or fourth day we were open, that was after your blog. And then I made Gion quit her other job immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> She was supposed she to go to work, me. and you were the, you were working that day, and you were like, "I have oh to go to work." God. I'm like, "No, you can't leave." <laughs> <laughs> and you said you were working at a hotel. Is that where you were? Yeah. Working? Okay. Mm-hmm. At the St. Regis. So, uh-huh. so whenever all oh, my day off, go work. I'm even setting up the restaurant. Cody and I paint and everything because we couldn't hire. We we you know buying a smokers and buying this and this and things, and we have no no budget. So we did it all ourselves in like, like about like two years. We have very small with a very small staff too. Because every time we have, we sell and every time we, we make profit, it goes to the, go back to the business because we started with this very lack of everything. So like two, three years, we were financially very tough too. And we put so many hours uh, working. 16 hours a day, every morning when I get up, like my hands were so swollen and I pray, actually, I really pray God, like, God, if my life is going to be like this and I just want to die, you know, it was really, we, we both push so hard because there's no way to move backward. You know, we have to move forward, but there's no, uh, we don't have backup money. We don't have any help from family or, you know, there's no, cause I'm only living in, in America, all my family in Korea, there's no help. And Cody's families are all busy with their life. It's just two of us. We, we just work together. Um, so hard, really, really hard. So right now, you know, sometimes, you know, oh, I don't want to work and, or, Cody said, oh, I don't want to work. I want to go fishing. I do it. You know, I give him so much credit because he worked so much and so hard. So, you know, like we give our each other's credit so much for the, for that reason. It's very important people, the relationship. The yeah. People I told her see, barbecue was going to be easier than other restaurants. And I was oh, man. wrong. <laughs> so it's wrong. wrong. Totally wrong. <laughs> Until... It's like, oh, I worked with these French and this heavy saute stations. It's going to be easier. <laughs> I never worked in barbecue. I did it, but not like full time. Well, that's the show. Thank you to Gian and Cody for joining me. And thank you to you for listening. If you want to keep up with Cody and Gian, you can find them through their website, heirloommarketbbq.com. If you want to keep up with me, you can find me as Jennifer Zeman or The Food That Binds on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be back next Wednesday with part two of my interview with Cody and Gian. Until then, I'm Jennifer Zeman, your host of The Food That Binds on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. Thank you.